Welcome to the Russia Moscow Mission Podcast. Here are your hosts, Elder Nicholas Olson and Elder Clark Stewart. Welcome back, everybody, to the Russia Moscow Mission Podcast. This is Elder Stewart and Elder Olson. Hey, everyone. Today we've got an awesome show lined up for you. But first, we just want to make a quick announcement. So from now on, for the rest of the month in June, we're going to go ahead and do two podcasts to try and get a few more people on before we wrap up uh, this season of the podcast here at the end of June. But we got some awesome podcasts lined up for you today with other Chromehook and Utisin. We hope that you guys will be able to deal with hearing us two times a week. But before we move on to our content today, let's hear from Sister Faustini and Sister Johnston for the Mission Scripture. Hi, this is Sister Faustini. And this is Sister Johnston. And, and we're, we're from Australia. Australia. Today, we have the mission scripture for you. Behold and lo, I have much people in this place, in the regions round about, and an effectual door shall be opened in the regions round about in this eastern land. Therefore, I, the Lord, have suffered you to come unto this place, for thus it was expedient in me for the salvation of souls. Have a nice day! Thank you, Sister Faustini and Sister Johnson, for reading the mission scripture today for us in Australian. I'll tell you, Elder Stewart, I've lost my touch in the Australian understanding a little bit since serving with Elder McVean. It can be hard sometimes, Elder Olson, that's for sure. Sure that. Well, all right, everybody. Let's move over to our first interview of today with Elder Cromenhook. We were lucky enough to grab one right before he went home, so here's some fresh content for you guys. All right, everybody. We are here with the one and only Elder Cromenhook. Welcome, Elder Cromenhook. Glad to have you on today, man. Good to be here with you guys. <laughs> Sweet. We know... We know that you're headed home here pretty soon, but we had to get you on the Russia Moscow Mission podcast before you before you leave us. So we got some good questions for you today. All right, this is going to be good. I'm excited to hear this. Sweet. Okay. Well, and without further ado, we'll go ahead and kick it off then with the first question. Um, so we know you have a few brothers in your family. What is your favorite thing you've ever done with them, and what did you do exactly? And how has your family affected and blessed your mission? That's a good question. So actually, I have actually a pretty big family. I've got uh, four brothers. One of them is older and the three younger and then also one younger sister. So it's a pretty big family. And it's a lot of fun because we're all very outdoorsy and we all play some sort of sport. We're a pretty big soccer family and a big basketball family. So we're pretty much busy year round with just a lot of sports and being outside. And uh I think memories with my brothers, I just think back to all the time that we all put in together, going to the church to shoot basketball hoops and stuff, or just going to the nearby park to kick a soccer ball around and just kind of spend time with each other and uh, just supporting each other. I mean, like we always would try to make each other's uh, sporting events, which was not always the easiest thing, but um, I look back now and I'm just so grateful for the time that was bent and given up just to support each other so um that support just kind of helped catapult me into my mission and just my attitude towards it all knowing that I have my family on my back and everyone's just so supportive and my whole attitude was affected for my mission and I think that's just the biggest the greatest thing is I know that my family is there for me they love me and it's just been they've led me by their example and their examples have just played such a big role in my life. And it's prepared me for the challenges and the things that I've experienced on my mission. And I could not be more grateful for my family, I guess. It's just played such a big role. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, families are obviously 
huge. And you mentioned you guys are obviously a, a sporty family. A fun little fact for everyone. In 2017, Elder Chrome and Hook I, and I played each other in the the state playoff basketball. So we knew each other a little before that. We didn't obviously know who each other were, but fun little fact for everyone. And his team, by the way, right. beat my team by 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually found a picture of that, of the yeah. of that game. Sweet. Kind of cool. All right, other Crow and Hook. So now we're gonna we're gonna throw it back to probably over two years ago when you opened up your mission call to Moscow, Russia. So walk us through that process. Kind of what did you think when you first got called to Russia, and how much did you know about Russia before your mission? And then also, how have your thoughts changed about Russia and the people since you've served here? Ooh, okay, this one's it holds a lot. Um, so. I have back home, um, I want to say like the group, a big friend group of mine, a lot of us were going out on missions at the exact same time. And when I was doing my mission papers, I was the first one to get my papers in and the first one to get to actually get my call. And so I, I wouldn't say like I felt like a pressure about it, but there was definitely some mm-hmm. um, anxious, like I was very anxious just to rip it open and just see what, like, what's going to, what that has in store for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my older brother actually served his mission um, in Estonia. If I don't know if anyone knew that, but he, he was able to Skype in actually when I opened up my mission call and it was very special. But anyways, um, part of me deep down felt like I was going to go somewhere in this area, this somewhere in this Eurobeast area. I just, I, I felt that and it just for some reason just had a big impression on me. Um, anyways, just fast forward to the mission call opening, just my initial thoughts. Um, when I opened this up, I just immediately felt a confirmation that God truly did want me to serve here and that I, I had something here that I had to learn people here that I had to meet and things here that I just had to see and experience for myself. Um, I did not know anything about Russia before I came. I don't even recall hearing Russian language back home because I just didn't ever think about it. I don't know. I, I feel kind of bad for not studying up on it more before I came, but it, I honestly had no clue what I was getting myself into. And my mom, she, I think we can all relate how our, our moms, um, at least for missionaries that get called to Russia, they kind of, of course, they're nervous hearing like some rumors about Russia, but <laughs> of course, um, definitely, it was just very comforting because we all felt very calm and at peace with the mission call, and I just felt such a big confirmation this is where I need to be. Um, now, as for my thoughts and how they've sort of changed toward this, um, the people here and just the the whole culture, the whole Russian experience. Um, now, of course, I know we all hear the stereotypes of big Russian men, you know, and all this bodybuilder stuff. And that's really all I heard before I got here. But the one, the one stereotype that I, I will hold on to and just always say that that is hundred percent true is big Russian men riding rollerblades. Um, <laughs> I know like true. it might sound funny, but I, I'll tell you, I, I have seen this so many times and it just, I love it so much. It's something that's very unique. Um, <laughs> But I know that um, the people here are super special. And for me, this whole experience on my mission has been meeting the people that I've met. Um, 
they are just such kind people who just dedicate so much of their lives to others. Um, members of the church, especially, they are so selfless. Um, they things here, circumstances here are definitely in the early stages of the church. And it's just incredible to see the dedication and the willingness to give up so much of their time and efforts to help the church go forward. And so I'm going to say their people's experience or not experience people's examples of what they do to get the church, uh, continue the church and the work of God going has played the biggest role on me and really had a really big impression on me about the Russian people. So, that's awesome. And thanks for sharing that. I, I totally agree with almost uh, everything you said for sure. Um, and honestly, one of those experiences uh, that you've had these past few, the past six months to serve as the branch president in Kaluga, a big shout out to my favorite city. Um, <laughs> but what, what has it been like to be, see, be serving as a branch president? Do you have a favorite memory um, from your time there in Kaluga as the branch president that comes to mind? Hmm, I've got a lot of a lot of good memories. Um, so I was actually trained by a branch president companion. And so from the get go of my mission, I kind of saw just some really, I saw um, a different side of the church, I guess, because we were definitely at trying to just we were getting everything going, we would keep meetings going, we would do this. And so, but as soon as I became branch president myself, it was very, very, very humbling. We just put it that way. Um, I feel like I, at some point when I first was becoming branch president in the early stages, I really felt just a big need and really was just humbled by knowing that I, I could not accomplish, I could not help this branch go forward myself. Um, I, it, it definitely required a lot of humility and just giving myself up to the Lord and helping, helping others, not by what I thought, but what the Lord thought. And that's just been a highlight of my mission, actually, especially is the help that I feel like I have received. There are times where I've really felt that I, it's, it's not what I want, but it's what the Lord wants. And it's times that truly are important that the Lord will reach out and help. So for, as for serving as a branch president, I can definitely say my favorite experiences, despite all of the craziness of a, of a branch, I think the most amazing things, amazing thing about being a branch president is the opportunity to do interviews with people. Uh, it's so much more than a meeting with someone. It's actually being there where they open up to you a lot more than what I've seen before being a branch president. And it's just, I feel very blessed and very lucky to be able to have been able to um, interview and just get really close to members. I, I feel I agree with you, Elder Olson. I, Kaluga has become my favorite city that I've served in. And it's just, you just get to know people at a different, a different level. And so, but looking back on my whole mission, I would just want to highlight just one thing that's very special. Um, there's a story when I was in the Sokolniki uh, ward, there was a member who gave us a member referral. And, uh, this person was so prepared by the Lord and we went there just to meet her. And she immediately started asking questions about our church. And eventually I had to, I got transferred areas a couple weeks after we met 
so I didn't get to see a lot of the progress myself in person. But fast forward a month and a half, and she's in the waters of baptism, and she was able to um, get baptized and become a member of the church. And so planting seeds is so important, but it's, it, was, it was very, very special to be able to witness the whole reaping of the seed that was, that was planted. So, mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Elder Kerwinhook. Obviously, you've had a, a very diverse mission. You know, you've served in a lot of different areas, a lot of different companions, and, and seen a lot of the mission. And so our, our last and iconic question is, Elder Kerwinhook, if you could give any piece of advice to a new missionary in the Russia-Moscow mission, what would you say to them, and why would you say that? Ooh, okay. I would sum it up in just like one little sentence, and that is, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. And I, I don't say this for people to go rebellious and become apostate missionaries, but I say this. <laughs> um, we all have a certain attitude towards the mission, and there are definitely times we all experience highs and lows, but the times where I felt the most successful and the most joy on my mission is when I am doing something, doing the Lord's work with a positive attitude and truly having fun and digging in deep and just finding true joy. Um, I have had some amazing companions and some just amazing, incredible experiences that I'm looking back and reflecting on now. And it's just at these moments, I, I distinctly remember these moments that I was truly happy and I was having fun. So make sure just you got to find a good balance of having fun and doing the work and you can do both at the same time. People got to realize that you can do them at the same time. You can, you can have fun. You can get the Lord's work done, which leads to happiness that you can never get otherwise. So that's my that's biggest awesome. takeaway from my mission. Cool. Well, thank you. It's been, it's been awesome to have you on today to hear your advice, your experiences and your stories. And, you know, we, we think we can say this confidently from the entire Russia Moscow mission. Thank you for your service, for your example, and for your friendship. We will miss you a lot. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, thank you so much. <clears throat> yeah. Your, your last advice was, was very fitting because I don't think there was ever a time where I saw you doing the Lord's work without a smile on your face. So Thanks so much for all you've done for our mission and, and for all of us here. Yeah. We thank you, you guys. And I just want to, I just want to say one more thing. And I, um, I just want to say a big thank you to the whole Moscow mission for, especially just for the volunteers here as well. And for all the examples that you guys have shown me, because it's played such a big impact on me. So thank you. Sure. Well, thank you, man. Thanks for coming on today. We sure love you and we wish you the best of luck on your next chapter. Thank you. Thank you very much. All righty. Thank you. It was awesome to have other Coleman hook on with us. We sure miss him, but it was nice to have him on. Now we will hear from another former missionary, Hunter Smithson, for a Deep Doctrine Minute. Hello, this is Hunter with some Deep Doctrine. So I'm not going to say anything crazy, but what comes to my mind first is these, these two scriptures in Doctrine and Covenants. Um, first one is D&C 131, verse 6. It is impossible for a man to be saved in ignorance. And so when I think of deep doctrine, 
as in the, the doctrines that are really important for us and the kind of the mysteries that involve it. That's kind of what I love to dive into, kind of why why things are the way they are, like what laws there are and stuff like that. And so in the section before it, section 130, it says, whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. And so as you study your scriptures and you gain the mysteries of God, you will be able to take that with you to the next life. And so it's a never-ending pattern. So we might as well learn as much as we can now while we have the resources to to learn as mortals where we have the ability to rely on the Spirit and we have the gift of the Holy Ghost to teach us. And so go study your scriptures, dive deep, and don't forget your snorkels. Man, it sure was great to have Hunter Smithson back with us today. I sure miss those late-night ball tots of Deep Doctrine with him. Those were some unforgettable ball tots. And by the way, his facsimile understanding is next level. All right, well, with that, everybody, let's move into our next interview with Elder Utason. All right, what's up, everyone? We're here with Elder Utason. Elder Utason, what's up? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up? It's good to have you on today. We're super excited to hopefully ask you some good questions. So, yeah, yeah. it's good to have you on. How's everything down in Veronish? They're good. It's nice to talk to you, boys. No, it's good here. The weather's great. It's really hot, actually. Just came back from outside awesome. and I'm sweating. <laughs> gotta love the Russian summer. Yeah, you gotta do. All right, Elder Utsin. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our questions today. So the first question we've got today for you, Elder Utsin, is what was your greatest accomplishment before your mission and how did you achieve this? My greatest accomplishment? Yeah. Well, one thing that I was really proud of that I actually succeeded doing was I managed to do really, really well in the military. So in the Swedish military, you finish a course. You finish like the basic training course, whatever you call it. And you get like, um, I don't know, I wouldn't call it grades, but like that's the only way I can describe it. You get marked. And I got the highest, okay. I, like I got the highest grades and they even gave me some like additional like, like praise and, and recommendations. So that felt really good. Because I put in a lot of effort in it and it turned out really good. So I'm really happy about that. That's awesome. Yeah, we, super cool. we know you as our Swedish sniper. <laughs> Sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, baby. That's awesome. All right, other Utesun, our second question for you. If you could be anyone for a day, who would it be and why would you pick them? Yeah, that was the question I thought was the most weird. Because, <laughs> because like mind you Larry Olson, like would you want to be anyone else than yourself? Ah oh, man, I'm glad I don't get asked these questions. Mosher always puts together tough ones. Yeah, it it is tough. You know, you enjoy being yourself and especially when you're El Utsin, it's hard to beat. Uh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I kinda thought about this question and I was like, you know, I wouldn't want to be anyone else. I just want to be me and just improve um, using the example of role models and people that I look up to. So I thought to answer mm-hmm. the questions, I thought about two people from 
the Bible that really inspire me. And the first one is King David. I remember reading the King David story in training, and it really inspired me because King David was such a good man who I, I just really admired his humility whenever this story, because as we all know, David sinned. He, he slept with Bathsheba and he killed her husband. But then he realized he had done wrong. And instead of like, just because of his mistake, just rejecting the Lord and just turning away from him and doing whatever he wanted, like so many other people did, he repented and he accepted whatever, whatever like punishment or consequences would come. And for the rest of his life, he stayed extremely humble before the Lord. And I just really kind of admired that in him and from what I read in the Bible. So yeah, that's the first person. And the other person is Abraham. Because there we go. Yeah. yeah. Because Abraham was I really admire his integrity. I've been reading lately about Abraham in Genesis and in the book of Abraham. And I just really admire how he stood up against everything when even his family worshipped idols and even his father wanted to or kill him as a sacrifice to the god of Elkena, just to kind of please their idols because Abraham refused to worship anyone than Jehovah. And then he just always obeyed the Lord, went wherever he was told to go, did whatever he was told to do, always believing, always having faith. So that's someone else who really inspires me. Yeah. That's awesome. Sweet. Well, cool. I've always, I've always enjoyed listening to your Bible knowledge. We've had some good talks about this. So it's, it's fun to hear it come out from you again. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Moving on. Yeah, you bet. All right. Moving on to the third question we got for you. Uh, tell us about your favorite experience as a missionary. Where was it and what happened? Oh boy, boy. I got a story to tell you. <laughs> so let's hear it. This is probably one of the best, like, what I'm going to tell you like tell about is one of the probably best missionary experiences I've had. It's one of those moments where you just felt like, well, for the first, well, yeah, I can't speak English. First of all, um, it happened by revelation. So I was really led by the Lord for this to happen. Um, for this second of all, it showed how the Lord prepares people even before the missionaries kind of come and start working. And third of all, it just felt like I was really helping someone and getting to know someone, and it made it all feel really special. So this was in Romanskaya. It was my third transfer after training, and I was serving with Elder Sander, or Luke, as we now know him. And there are, or were, I guess, a couple a married couple who were less active and um, and yeah they'd been inactive actually well actually the, the man was not a member but the woman they're not together now but the woman was inactive with her family and and missionaries had kind of been going over there and trying something I've, I had met the husband once and I was there with the hormone just trying to get to know them, but it never worked out. And after that one visit, the husband just never picked up. And we never got a hold of, of this woman, the wife, Dasha. 
But when I was with Alexander, we decided to do a stop by. And the way I remember the night, it was kind of one of those nights where you really didn't want to do a stop by. It's just kind of like, yeah, you just go home. And, yeah. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, why? Why would we go all the way out there? Because it was like 20 minutes, 30 minutes on a bus. So we're like, why even bother? What's the point? But I felt really prompted to go out there. So we go out there and we we walk up to the phone. We type in the apartment number and no one picks up. So we walk away and we're like, oh, oh, well. But then I had another impression to call the the woman because we had her number so i called her and she was like hello i was like whoa someone answered so she answered the phone and we talked and we were like you know hey it's the elders um do you want to meet and she was like yeah sure let's meet i can't remember it was like tomorrow or the day after tomorrow at church in the morning and we were like oh great so it happened. I thought I don't think it was that day, but we rescheduled the meeting. But like we met with her, and she came in, and it was great because it was like the first success. Well, I had had successes in training, like as a missionary, but this was the first time in my mission where I really felt like I had fulfilled, you know, Jesus, Jesus' um, commandment to feed his sheep. I just remember we were sitting there, he's waiting, me and Alexander. And she just walks in, and she's a woman in her 20s, and she had a baby, so it was great. She has a, had a really nice baby, Alexia. She's a toddler by now. Mm-hmm. And she just walks in, and she's just so open in a way about God, and she's just so willing to come back to church and she starts coming back to church. We didn't even invite her that one time, but the first Sunday after our meeting, she comes back to church and yeah, she became active again, just like that. And it was, it just made me so happy to see that happen. And that's probably one of the best memories I have for my mission. That's incredible. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, Darut, it's been you've been here in the, the Russian Moscow mission for quite a while now, serving in, in many different areas, many different companions, seeing a lot of incredible things. And so we want to ask our classic question to finish off our interview today. If you could give any piece of advice to a new missionary, what would you say to them and why? Why? Yeah, I have been there a long time, haven't I? <laughs> It's been a long journey. Uh, yes. With both of you, it's pretty sick. You came in at the same time, pretty much. That's right. Yeah. Well, okay, I actually got two pieces of advice. <clears throat> so the first one is about love or charity. In Russia, this is something I really learned from one of my companions and something I've realized in this myself, is you really need to love people. I think there's a tendency when you're an elder or a sister to show love to people, but your actions are kind of ahead and your heart haven't really caught up yet. So you kind of show love to these people that you're meeting with, but you don't really love them yet. And so my advice, my advice would be to just love wholeheartedly, just pray so you can really love these people. 
because when you really love the people you're working with, then two things will happen, or more things, but the two things I think of. And the first one is that you, you will just care more. And when you care more, you work better. And you will really, <clears throat> excuse me, make sure that what you do is the best for these people. And second of all, when you truly love in your work to feed the Savior sheep, then the priesthood power that all missionaries have been endowed with, endowed with will be so much stronger. So that's my first piece of advice. And then my second piece of advice is sometimes you just got to like sit down and just let things happen around you, you know? Like you can't just change everything around you. Sometimes you just have to sit down in your couch, take a deep breath, maybe even take a nap and just like chill, you know? Sometimes you just got to <laughs> let things happen. Nah, what does it say in Doctrine and Covenants? Like, be still and know that I am the Lord, thy God. But sometimes, you know, just taking it easy and thinking about what to do, just taking a minute to breathe, read an extra chapter with your work. Guys, I think it'll even help you receive revelation. So, yeah, you just got to chill sometimes. Hmm. Thanks, Elie Wittesen. That's some great advice. Well, Lucian, we sure love you. We're grateful to have you on the show today and for your example to the mission. We always talk about how, how great you are and <laughs> your, your friendship and your kindness, and we feel that love that you're talking about. So thanks for all you're doing. Thanks. Man. And thank you, boys. Of course. We're grateful that you were able to join us today and, and give such insightful words. Yeah, we'll catch you on. You have a good one. Thanks. See you, boys. A big thanks again to Utesen joining us for today. It sure was cool to hear from a Swedish marksman. We definitely had some great interviews for this week's episode. That's for sure, Elder Stewart. Well, with that, let's pull for our next episode coming out this Monday. I'll go ahead and pull first. There we go. All right. Our first interview for next week's episode of the podcast will be Sister Ertley. There we go. Straight out of the East District. All right. I got the next one. <laughs> you can't make this up, Elder Stewart. Coming in hot from the Kremlin District, Elder Stowers. Oh, man. Elder Stowers and Elder Olson reuniting on the podcast. Here we go. Next week should be a good one. That'll be special. Well, thank you all for tuning in this week. We once, once again want to thank Elder Mosier and thank all of you for listening to this week's podcast. And as always, Russia Moscow Mission, don't forget to create history this week. See you next week. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Russia Moscow Mission podcast. Make sure to tune in next week as well for a brand new episode. My name is Elder Tude, and I'm here with Elder Red III. Until next time, stay sane out there. <laughs>